what's in my head. Uh, this one's going to be a little different. I have a little guest with me today. Uh, the host of What's Your and Binge podcast, Mr. Chris Rudder. So it's the tale of two Chris's again. He's drinking and smoking. You know it's going to be a show. How you doing, Chris? That's right. Two Chris's don't make a right. <laughs> doing good, brother. How about you? But three rights make a left. <laughs> um, I'm, yeah, that's right. Every time. I don't know, man. I just uh, I, I know you saw something that I was commenting on on Facebook against the doctor, no less. And then even as I was setting the show, listening to another podcast from a guy named Amazing Lucas, who was ranting about a case in uh, in Canada that I'll go into. But basically, the what the purpose of the show is in my mind today is pedophilia and how. Oh, and and the yeah, I and, made a comment on that one too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. You, I know you saw the one where I was actually arguing with the doctor about it, who decided who want who wanted to, for some reason wanted to tie in the of we're not harsh enough on pedophilia to women's rights. Not sure how that ties in, but the that's a scary that's a scary that's a scary mental gymnastics thing that a lot of people are doing right now in support of LGBT and sexuality and we don't want to hush anybody or be harsh on anybody. Like it's a really scary leap of what you're thinking to do all that mental gymnastics to get to that end. That's kind of a really fucked up thing. Really? That's where you leap it to, you know, that's kind of crazy. Well, I think, I think her tie in, I think her tie uh, remain nameless on her. I'm not going to die and and slap her out because I'm, I'm sure, Supporting pedophilia, what she was arguing against was my feeling that pedophilia, uh, pedophilia, there's only one cure, and that's two bullets to the back of the head. You don't go to jail, you don't pass go, you don't collect 200 fucking dollars, you get taken from the courtroom, castrated, and hung. Televise that shit on TV. As long as, long as we're, yeah, as long as we're following, you know, due process, a person gets their day in court, their 12 peers, whatever, as soon as that gavel drops and the motherfucker's guilty, I mean, because if I caught anybody fucking with my daughter back in the day, then, you know, if pedophilia is a, like a sexuality uh, type of deal, then me digging the hole is the same thing as gardening. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, a, I, it's kind I, of a fucked up deal, man. This, this identity politics to try to, to try to normalize pedophilia is disgusting. It's actually grotesque to me. Or the, What's the that? instant canceling that goes on when you offer the different different opinion, mm-hmm. then they want to cancel you with, with the the harsh rhetoric and you know there's there's no leading the discussion into like medical journals talking about it from a science like you can be right with three things you can be right with math you can be right with physics and you can be right with chemistry because those numbers do not lie everything else ideology philo- uh, philosophical views biological uh the way things come out there there's no wrong or right at the end of the day it's how i feel and how you feel about it we can get together and have a conversation but there's really only three things in the world that come down to being right or wrong and that's fucking math and like i said chemicals and physics that's it everything else is a matter of opinion so because you have a different opinion than this lady then you get the cancellation message and you get the the redirect because I saw it going on Facebook, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I'm, I'm not going to jump into in, into this one." Because then, <laughs> you know, she's going to feel like the protagonist on her, and it might even get worse 
on her end where you know you end up getting attacked or something. So you know what you know, I get I attacked out of it after I drop. Because of my political points of view, in general, I get attacked. You know, anything I say automatically brands me as intolerant, at, at minimum intolerant, at maximum a racist and a bigot. Uh, simp- you know, like I've gotten called a racist because I've stated, and I've, I, I will constantly reiterate this, I support what Black Lives Matter stands for. I do not support Black Lives Matter. There is a major difference. Do I support? The idea of total equality, that there are still things in this country that need to be rectified. Yes, I do. Do I support violence and looting and rioting? No. Do I support uh, unprovoked attacks against people, white people, whether verbally or assaults? No. So in that aspect, I support Black Lives Matter. I do not support the movement of Black Lives Matter. And, and that's that's an interesting thing that you bring up because, and I told my wife this, this maybe might have been a couple of years ago, and as soon as I say this, there's going to be a lot of red flags. And just just let me just let me finish what 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 I'm saying. Feel free uh, for the people who might watch watching or listening. I don't <laughs> want anybody to automatically just you know fucking red curtain us or whatever. But um, I told my wife a couple of years ago, you know, the only demographic in America right now that is allowed to be told what to do, what to say or what not to say, what you can think, cannot think, what you can or cannot feel are white males. Mm-hmm. And this has been going on and it's been pro- progressing to this point. And this has all been since the start of the BLM, uh, you know, with the movement. And the funny thing is, is that everybody who's a part of the cause who are doing good things, they're the people who are doing the peaceful protest and, and everything until Antifa comes in and fucks shit up or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the two ladies who founded them are fundamentally educated Marxists. Mm-hmm. And if you bring that up into a discussion, it, it's like saying, well, but the protests are mostly peaceful. Well, you know, outside of the three minutes before he killed Nicole and what's-his-face, O.J. Simpson had a really peaceful day that day he killed his wife. Right. Other than those three minutes where he killed, it was mostly peaceful. Mm-hmm until that moment so um it's a really weird thing and i i think that we've i say we being two white males on camera right now but (laughs) and to an extent (laughs) to to an extent you know we've allowed or brought this upon ourselves by a little bit of not bending of the knee but a little bit of acquiescing to what the argument is, just day after day, year after year, to where now it has reached this full head of steam where people like you and I are backed into a corner and you're not allowed to say or argue on the side of common sense, just fucking common sense. That's my problem. That's my problem. You know what? You're, you're right. A little bit of a little bit of a, a, a you know, too, too long have... American-born males remain silent or fear of of being taken away has has led to these attacks that happen now. But the the fact of the matter is is that I am not a person that when you back me in a corner, I don't care how you paint me. I don't. I know I'm not a racist. I know I'm not a bigot. I know I'm not a homophobe. I know I'm not somebody who's against the LGBT 
LGBTQ or whatever else you want to throw at me. I know who the fuck I am. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and let you shit all over me and shit all over my culture and shit all over my family's background or try to shit on my kids' futures because of your warped beliefs. You know what I, a, a really weird statement that's going to come true for us, not for, for us in our lifetime, probably. 50 years down the road, our kids will deal with history being rewritten. Mm-hmm. But history is always written by the victors. And, and so go the spoils. And I think that that statement is something that we're going to see our kids have to deal with in a very different way than you and I were brought up. And I don't know if that's something that we're supposed to accept and expect, but it is definitely something that's going to be reality for if not our probably our kids well the, my daughter's 26 the problem Your kids are younger so i think it's going to be something that they see as a realization before my daughter probably will she'll probably be my age by the time your kids are in their 30s and this is just the way america is now right you know and 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 the eroding of the foundation because of the bad habits of our forefathers and whatnot um, not bad habits, but bad cultural decisions, bad ways of life, things that we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking agree with owning slaves, but our forefathers did. So because of that, we have to pay in absence in absence of reparations. That's what it is. But the problem is, is no but the problem is, you, 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 have, have, a, you have a you have a problem with in this, especially within this country. First off, let's look at the fact that this country is one of the first countries. And one of the only countries to abolish slavery. There are still countries out there now who still practice in capturing and and indentured servitude throughout the Middle East, throughout Asia, throughout parts of Europe. It still exists. The United States. For anybody, for anybody listening, you can if you have an iPhone, ask Siri or Google, and ask it. Um, you know, it, it, true or false, there are more slaves on the face of the planet today than there were when we had the Civil War. Mm-hmm. And people would be astounded to find out that the answer is that is true. But but the problem with and this has met- the problem is is that uh, through 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 the Civil War and through the Civil Rights Act, we we've we've already atoned for for the mistakes of, of the past. Personal opinion. Here's what I'm going to say as far as like this country and people's demands. Uh, reparations to get reparations reparations is kind of like suing somebody that wronged you okay when you, when you break it down to its essential well right but you're suing a wrong that's happened to you for for financial compensation the problem is in a lawsuit the law dictates that you have to have a burden of proof you have to turn on and prove that you were wrong by me your family was wrong yeah, by my side. family. Otherwise, I don't owe you shit. By the way, my the family never owned point. slaves. <laughs> uh, we just lost your picture. Right. And, and oh, there you are. Yeah, my bad. Um, uh, so the other side of that coin is the Pandora's box of which this opens. Right. Because if somebody's able to sue my family, which is from, we were from the South, and there were runners who fought on both sides of that war. Right. And we're like the true depiction of brother versus brother, okay? And um, there's a huge stable of us up there in Pennsylvania, and there's a huge state, uh, stable of us down in Texas. So you can only imagine the differing views that come from this. But let's say mm-hmm. 
that your great-grandfather ran over my grandmother in a horse and carriage. Do I have the right to come and sue you for that? Because my grandmother wasn't able to reproduce the uncle I should have or cook breakfast for Grandpa in the morning so the farm went under? I mean, it, it, that's the Pandora's box we're opening if we do if we go down this path. Well, the problem America is a very lawyer-driven society. So once the door is open, it's open. Well, that that's the problem we're going in. That, that's what we're seeing in today's society. Now, I'm not going to throw I'm not going to throw uh, uh, politics. Say it's leftists. However, it's leftists. Um, you break down to it. That's the whole reason why we're trying to change. Uh, the the like you to comment on what you said earlier about uh, history is written by the victor. That is true. However. There's a reason lost is because they their ideals their fundamentals did not stand. So when we're right. when we're when we're indoctrinating our children in public schools and colleges to hate America and everything America stands for based on sub, uh, supposition and not giving the full truth of the history of of, of what has happened in, in this country and teaching what had happened in this country, not only the bad, but the good as well. The things that America has done, you know, to, to not only create the country that it is, but to the wrongs that it started with. America has done a, a lot of things and that you're not getting the information on because we're too busy concentrating on the wrongs and not the rights and, and the answers to the wrongs that we've already started working on. That's your first problem. So we're rewriting history. So that way, the winner, the, the the victor, didn't get to write the history because we're going to change it. One, two, it's creating this victim mentality that anything you don't like, anything that doesn't fit your little narrow vision world, can be changed, which leads into back to where we started: the pedophilia pushing to try to be part of the LGBTQ community, try pushing to be nor, uh, recognized as a normal form of sexuality. That you and I so are the bigots. That you and I are the yeah. bigots for fucking thinking that these people are wrong. They're sick and need to be taken out of society. All of a sudden, we become the bad guys. Yeah, I'm so they're pushing back on on the idea of that. Oh, it's all mine. As a group and in, and an organization, because if there was just one one person within the LGBTQA community who was to be like, well. I felt that way, you know, with whatever. Then all of a sudden it gets allowed. And now you've got a, a real big motherfucking pickle to, to deal with, you know, to be right. honest with you. And, um, you know, in, in America works in a very strange way. We work on a pendulum. We go from a far left to a far right. Just look at our presidential elections over the past 40 years. We mm -hmm. go from one degree of an idiot to another one. And then we go to somebody who's we think is in the middle, and we find out that each one, right after another, can't do the fucking job. Right. So that's why we swing from to the right. And right now, the victimization problem is a problem. I think what's good, whenever the pendulum swings to the other side is when there's going to be a real fucking problem. Because now you're dealing with people who aren't snowflake mentality, who are victims. You're dealing with people who, who will bear arms. And we'll fucking fight. And whenever the whenever the pendulum swings back that way, that's whenever civil unrest really becomes a worry. Whenever you're dealing with 13% of the population being in a mode of civil unrest, 
as opposed to 58% intimidated. Doesn't mean he was a bully. Mm-hmm. You were just that's, intimidated, that's, but now you made a bully. The parallel. You made the bully actually be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the, the real problem for our country is, because right now, like, we're on this big swing of change. We want everybody to change. But if anybody offers an opinion that is now obscure or is not right, we know it's morally not right. Like, you know, you can't say colored just as well as you can't say the N-word. Mm-hmm. But 50 years ago, my grandma thought it was perfectly okay to say the C-word before you said the N-word. She thought she was being politically correct before the term was ever being around. Mm-hmm. She thought she was nice and kind. And we were like, Mamma, you can't fucking say that. <laughs> but uh, whenever, whenever you, if, if we want everybody to change, can you really affect change if you burn everybody to the ground? That's the That's point. That's the cancellation culture. Like, if there's no change if you burn everybody down. Like, there, we need to have a talk and some education and some discourse between the multiple groups that are that need to be represented mm-hmm. and, uh, and and come to a like a natural common sense conclusion my forefathers did things wrong your fa- forefathers did things wrong their forefathers did things wrong but this is us now so what are we going to do to make the whole situation better do i have to pat you on the ass and tell you it's going to be okay <laughs> or can i just make a dynamic change? right you know, hopefully the kids do it better. Like, that's 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 the natural common sense of thing is just really missing from all of this discussion in America right now. It's just an instant rage and an instant burn you down cancellation kind of thing. And you can't affect change that way. You're, you're, you, you can't naturally affect change that way. You're, 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 just, you're making other people submit just the way your forefathers maybe were made to submit to the will of another person and you know is anybody going to put us in chains and slave us or anything you know god forbid i hope not but i mean it's kind of the same thing mm-hmm. um not on the lines of suffering and whatnot but if you make me shut up because my view doesn't match yours then you're basically making me submit to your will just like slave owners did. Mm-hmm. so what's you know um, well, to, yeah, to, it's an interesting discussion. Well, <laughs> well to, to, to 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 play off what you're saying, to get to get change out of back to pedophilia, we will. It just all kind of ties together, unfortunately, in this day and age, um, especially the whole Epstein report. Um, <laughs> we can we can go there. Um, hey. To to change, I agree with you. We need to stop the violence and get back to the dialogue. Unfortunately. Going to preface it this with the fact that this is my view, my point of view. Nobody else's, not the mm-hmm. white culture, not Chris Rudders, not anybody, not even my children or my wife or anybody. This is my point of view. Whether you agree with me or not, great. But don't blame anybody else for what comes out of my mouth. This is me and me alone. I agree that dialogue needs to come into play to be able to fix this problem. That you're never we're going to fix it until we have a civil dialogue. The only way I see that you can get that civil dialogue is as follows. You can't even sit down until you eradicate Antifa. Eradicate it. Just 
treat them like the criminals yeah, and terrorists. So problems right now. Mm -hmm. They make us all look like idiots, and they're just causing so much fucking unrest. Every time they get a chance to like slide into some cracks here or there, mm -hmm. they just shit up and smoke every time they're around. It's it's fucking ridiculous. Treat them like the terrorists they are, and get them out of the equation. Two, get indoctrinating professors and teachers out of the goddamn schools. If you're teaching your point of view in class, you are not a teacher. Anybody who sends their kid to Harvard and pays $84,000 a year to have somebody else put their political views on them instead of teaching Historical one fact. plus one equals two right. at a Harvard, Harvard level, you know? Anybody who abides by that is just as foolish, and this is the part of what I was talking about before, where a little bit of acquiescing to the discussion has put us in this spot. Now. Mm -hmm. And you're just talking of a lot of people with guilty consciences, and I get it, I understand it. Should, should we feel guilty to an extent? You know, I mean, no. yeah, because it makes you feel bad, but at the same time, no, because I didn't own anything. I didn't own any slaves, neither did my grandpa. Like, you have to go back a long fucking time to find somebody who did. Not just not just in your family or my family, but just in anybody's fucking family. Okay, so what are we talking about? Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, it, but there's a lot of people who just get it held over their head like a hot bucket of fucking water. That if you say the wrong thing or think the wrong thing or, or feel the wrong way, mm -hmm. we're going to pour this hot water and there's a lot of people that are, that have spent the last 30 years walking around in a little bit of fear that they're going to upset people that has got us to the point now where now you have cancellation culture. Mm -hmm. A really simplistic explanation of things, but if you connect the dots, that's that's why we are where we are right now. And I know we're we're skirting that line where you know, realist and uh, and uh, what's your FMB could get affected by this, but I feel it needs to be discussed. It does need to be discussed because you There's know nothing what. Nothing wrong with open discussion. I wish we had a third party who could balance the view. You know what? Both I... of us are not like-minded, but at the same time, other people who are like-minded need to hear that there are other people who are like-minded. And there's nothing wrong with feeling like I have done nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't need to feel guilty, bro. Right. Like I'm cool with you. Why are you not being cool with me? Just because. That's the big. You know, that's, that's the big point. That's, that's the big point. Just because I don't guilty or that I owe you anything mean that I feel superior to you that I feel that you should be held down no that's no. not what I'm saying I'm saying I did nothing to you so I have nothing to apologize to right. you for however if you want to come to me in brotherhood and be brother and brother regardless of skin color my arms are open but you want to come blame me for your hardships no and, and one of the things that's that's funny is I know that where you live, it's like 90% predominantly white. And um, where, where I, I live, live no. Is no, no. And I live in a little area of southern Indiana that is uh, um, affectionately referred to as Jimtown. And there are both blacks and whites. There are Latinos here. And we live in the southern Indiana version of Compton, but it's a blend. And, and there's fights every fucking where, there's shootings down the fucking road, this southern mother and I'm going to go down there and I'm not there to try to grab any headlines or be out in the front with everybody who's peacefully protesting 
all the black people who have a, a foundational thing to stand on and have a peace protest. I'm not out there to be fucking shaking all their hands. I'm watching everybody six motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. That's why I wanted to go down there. And then thank God everything panned out the way it did and Antifa wasn't in town and it was a great thing. And I saw it. And I saw it from, I saw it from the back seat. I was in the back of the bus watching. Right. And, um, you know, and everybody who saw me down there, they were the super fucking coolest. They're like, we're glad you're here. Hugs all around. I saw people that, you know, back in, back in the day, I was fucking locked up with and all this other fucking shit. And they were all like, dude, we're fucking super glad that you're here. You're somebody who needs to talk about this. I'm like, I'm not here to talk. I'm just here to have everybody six. Because I'm not going to watch our riverfront go up and smoke because these dickheads want to come in town and fuck our shit up. Exactly. While on your you know? And everybody was, whenever we had, I had that discussion with probably 50 people. And they were like, that's what we need more of. That's awesome. Everybody was super appreciative, super fucking cool about it. It was awesome, you know? And um, I don't know where I was going with that, but I mean, it just it's something. It, there's there's too many people out there that are in the on on the fence or in the middle of this. They're not leaning as far right as so many people portray it as. Right. And if two out of fifty people are on Twitter right now, but those two out of those two people are basically demanding where the majority goes because of this woke culture that's going on. Mm -hmm. And everybody, that's what represents the cut and cloth of America, and it's really not. If you're here in, in, you know, the heart of the country or whatever, and you're able to deal with a lot of different cultures every single day the way I do, you see it's really not like that. I know. And it's just so depressing that there's so many extremes out there because it's absent of color or absent of white in this area or another area. So people are able to really lambast these views and put them out there on social media. And those are the people that get most the most attention right now. It's not you or me. Is the people who are the extremists? No, you're 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 absolutely right. And just to correct you, where I live is a, is a melting pot. Uh, when I grew up here, when I grew up, it, it was it was predominantly white German Irish neighborhood. But okay. when when those people died <laughs> out, when the, when those people died out, the, the the Asians moved in. And then when I came back from Colorado, uh, the Hispanic and and blacks and and Muslims have moved in. So it is a complete blend of different different people within my neighborhood. And there's nothing wrong. No, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I just wanted to correct when you said that I was predominantly 90% white. No, not my neighborhood. <laughs> nothing wrong with it. You had said that about before about the past and I forgot the past part of it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to misquote you, but no, that's all right. I mean it's all great whenever you see all of these tribes and everything's working smoothly and they have their problems, I have my problems, you have your problems and we're all trying to figure it out. It's like everybody who gets into these big political debates or arguments, I, the first thing I always interject is, hey, when's the last time you paid attention to your local politics? Because you know who's going to fix the stop sign on the street where everybody fucking dies three times a year? It's not going to be President Trump. Right. And Trump isn't going to pass anything into effect that actually affects you or me unless we make $10 million a year, employ a 1,000 people, or have international trade going on. Well, I don't mm -hmm. have that, so nothing he's going to say or do actually affects me or you. Right. So why not pay attention to your local politics? That's not sexy right now. 
and I say it every election cycle, <laughs> and nobody nobody really acknowledges it or, or says anything about it until after the election's over, and they're like, oh, yeah, let's start jumping in our local politicians. Well, they lose steam because now you have to go face-to-face with the city council, mm-hmm. and now you're dealing with people in your own backyard that are down the street, and people don't like that up-close-and-personal confrontation or the discourse of ideas. You're... That's where they really bail out. And you see who your real community leaders are at that point in time. You're you're leading me you're leading me segueing me into a question I was gonna ask anyway, but it also helps kinda of lead back towards the pedophilia issue as well. Uh in the fact that part of the problems that we're having in this country, both political, uh woke culture and everything else, can can it be stemmed to to the fact that this culture is way too comfortable with social media? And the idea that they could say what they want, or, or now that's across the entire fucking nation, mm-hmm. and and now we're seeing what those dividends are. And this is a, uh, you know, my grand my grandma was like, be careful, be careful the seeds that you have to sow, Christopher. And you know, whenever I was a kid hearing that, it was like, oh man, being fucking silly and old. And now it's like, the old woman knew what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. This is something that. Society itself is having to deal. These are the seeds that we have sown. And you know what? That's something that a lot of people need to take in, too. Listen to your grandparents. Listen to your great-grandparents. Because even if they lived through the times that you're bitching about from back in the day, they have a unique perspective on it because they've watched the world. They've watched the horrors of the past, which at, at this day and age, I think the only people alive that, uh, as far as like the... Uh, the, the uh, rights movement they are the only ones that are still alive. there was nobody alive during the civil war alive today but <laughs> you know that i'm sure i'm sure there's great grandparents from civil uh the, the the civil rights movement days still around civil rights world war ii through the korean war like the, there's plenty of them around they've and seen the horror and evil and they've seen that came from it so they do have perspective. They've seen what it was like. They've seen the strides made to, to, to fix it. They see the horrors that are happening today that are justified. And and I'm speaking all around. I'm speaking I'm speaking I'm speaking not only of the FIFA things being unjustified. I'm also speaking of the cops gotten somebody in custody and, and putting his knee on his neck and and, cho- and killing him. Or, 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 you know, the Rod King beating, for an example. You know, those are just examples. Those are just as wrong as everything else. And our our elders have seen this shit before. Seen the strides to fix it. And now they're seeing it again on an unjustified level. Listen to them, because they're the well, ones that have the knowledge to fix this. And, and that's where you hear some of the uh, the younger community and everything. They're like, okay, boomer. Yeah, yeah, um, I know. You know. It, By the way, I'm Gen X. Um, I'm not boomer, so fuck off. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. You know, <laughs> but the gray hair, they're like, okay, boomer. Um, but, uh, you, you know, the problem is, is with most, like you and I are on the edge of being elders of our, elders of our generation. <laughs> I'm older than you. You're, you're a little bit, you know, five years behind me or whatever the case is. So I'm, like, right at the very edge of being a Gen X. I'm 1970. Right. So, like, I'm, I'm within a couple of years of actually having been a boomer or whatever. So, um, but uh, 
The problem is, is that the the newer generation, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody for being younger or anything. I will. They're just living in a world now that instant gratification is part of the culture. Instant viewing of opinions and feelings are a part of the culture, and that's part of instant gratification. That's why we all have a phone in our hand. Mm-hmm. And we're able to pull up Twitter feeds or your your timeline feed on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and be able to get instant snapshot of what it is that you want, and get instant gratification to how you feel. And since they've lived their entire lives that way, they there's a very long bridge to cross for us to have a really civil discourse with them, because everything with them rises not everything with everybody but generally speaking whenever you're talking to a younger person if you confront them with facts and then hit them with the simple question of why do you feel that way why here's the answer one plus one is two now tell me why if you ask a younger person why in a very point blank way they will become highly emotional Mm -hmm. very motherfucking quick because now you have to, you're asking them, you're painting them into a corner to give me the facts on why you feel that way. Tell me why. Why is the hardest question in the world to answer, especially for young people? I was that way whenever I was 20-something. I was super fucking emotionally charged. I get it. But I also didn't have this goddamn phone in my hand. So there's a warping of their reality to an extent. So they think everybody agrees with them because they're able to plug into groups and fan pages where everybody they see has the same opinion and feeling. The echo chamber. It's very hard to have a discussion because they're used to everybody they talk to agreeing with them. So if you have a disagreeing viewer or fact and ask them why they feel that way, oh, Jesus Christ. I mean, that becomes like a real boiling point matter for a lot of these younger people to deal with and, and they're not equipped to deal with it because they're so emotionally gratified instantly all the time and um, you know it's just I'm not the right person to have this discussion with the younger generation because I'm too point blank I'm too matter of a too matter too matter of fact well that that's and that's why that's why I said when you when you when you started off with saying you don't want to interrupt you don't you don't want to you don't want to uh, insult the younger generation I'm like I will uh, because of the fact that, like, like yeah, you, I'm, I'm yeah. completely, I'm completely blunt. I'm honest. I'll tell you what I think. I will tell you what I feel. But I will tell you how things are, really are, in the real world, not in the the Facebook chat room, not in the Xbox Live chat room while you're playing with your buddies on call. I don't live in the echo chamber, you know. And so I will tell you the way things are. Or, and if I can't tell you the way things are factually, I will tell you the way things are from my point of view. But I'm also very clear between the two. If I'm giving you my point of view, I blatantly tell you my point of view. If I'm giving you facts, I give you facts. And if I have to cite where I got those facts from, then that's what I'll do. But I do not give two what, shits about was, your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, whenever I was... Um, I was a sales manager at a Fortune 100 company. This is, I've long since passed that, you know, uh, but um, I had to deal with a lot of younger people, and I would tell them, I would always lead all of our conversations. If they question my authority or they question why we have to do it this way or that way, I would always lead everything off with, 
based on my experience, this is how I've gotten where I am now. And this is where I was able to be successful if I did it this way. And that kind of communication seemed to really reach them on a large scale. But if you don't lead it that way, it just seems like it just go to shit in a fucking handbag real quick. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like it a, de- a more delicate generation has to be dealt with more delicately. I guess I don't know, and it's our fault. We it is them. no, abs- you're, mean, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That is our fault. Generation X was considered the worst generation. It was supposed to be the worst generation of all time. That was what boomers expected. Us. And, you know, if you listen to millennials like that, we screwed it up for everybody else. And you know what? The one thing that millennials have right, the one thing millennials and, and the generation do have right, this is on us. We fucked it up. We were the catalyst. Yeah. We, yeah. Were, we, were the, we were the keystone that changed the society of America, and it's not for the better. That it, This is me well, accepting responsibility for my actions. We didn't show up and vote, or we didn't stand up for what we knew what was wrong, mm-hmm. and we allowed things, to, and this goes back to my original point, we allowed things to get to this point. Complacency, that was so, the word I was looking for earlier. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, a, it's a dangerous, dangerous word to have that as part of a description of you or your, your kind and, and the time, you know, your generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying yours because I'm part of the two, but right. Really started. And then they start to escalate and compound. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, yeah, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a, once you say, you know, brother, we're, we're, we're in a, we're in a tough spot, boys. Yeah, it's kind of like that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, <laughs> oh, brother, where art thou? Yeah, that's where, we're in a tough spot, boys. That's a, uh, that's it's kinda, a, it's kind of like that. Like, who's the people who faces the younger generation that has that conversation? Because you can't lead off with "I'm sorry." No, and the we worst thing in the world, because the, then you're automatically beneath them. Now they are superior. You ex- can't have that. Exactly. Lead off to your conversation. Exactly. It's like you know, the the, the fact is is that the, the, the everybody in society today needs to look at the world and say, "Okay, the past is the past. Today is a new day. Where do we go here?" That's what people need. We need to let go of the past. We need. I'm not saying forget history. Never forget history. Learn from history, so that you wake if up you in the morning. History, you're going to repeat it. Mm-hmm. So wake up in the morning and say, "Today's a new day. There's no direction but forward. Where do we go from here? Quit looking at what had been. Look towards what should be." Which now, saying, and, and I don't know. Go ahead. You got you got the segue going. On. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I can I can hold the segue. <laughs> okay. I, and this is and, and this is probably just because of the past thirty years of not being able to vote federally because of my background. So I've always looked at the local community where I can. Right. And I think the beginning of it is is everything all right in your neighborhood? If it's not all right in your neighborhood, go talk to your neighbors see how easy that discourse actually is and then you can expand from there fix your local situation mm-hmm. before you worry to worry about the rest of the nation because every little section every little population every little city and town in america is a little bit different from one degree to the next mm-hmm. so if we look at this as a community 
And do I look down the street and everything's okay? No. Okay, so where do I start? If you start with those little Legos, then you can build up to the big ones. You can't you can't be 23 years old and jump into the Imperial fucking Starship with the Lego kit, okay? You got to build the little go-kart first, and that's your local politics. You got to start with the small pieces first. Figure it out, find out how that shit actually works, and then you can start escalating up to the national level. At the age of 22, you haven't had your nose broke four fucking times. You haven't seen people get burnt to the fucking ground. You haven't seen your friends go to jail or OD or all of this other fucking shit. You can't tell me how to live, kid. And that's a statement that you can't lead off with either. Well, that's so, that's that that's know, where I that's, that's why I was going to go. Bad as saying, I'm sorry, we fucked up. That that's why I build off of what you said with the uh, look, take your neighborhoods and start there. I would go one step further. You can't clean the neighborhood till you clean your own house. The revolution starts by living. Yeah, the the revolution doesn't start until you live the the ideals that you wish to impart. So, if you are a person who does not live the way you want other people to live, if you don't truly the ideals that you want other people to follow, you have no right telling other people what to do. Clean your if you own look out in your front shit. Yard, your, your kid isn't being the paradigm of virtue that you espouse that the nation should be. Then maybe you should start with your fucking kid, mm-hmm. and then go from the, you know that's the check your backyard idea. You know, mm-hmm. is you and your wife okay? No, then don't tell me how me and my wife should. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it goes from there, and you don't have to be that confrontational. That's just my nature of stuff. But um, the discussion is still true, though, right? Like, it, you know, it, my neighborhood isn't cool, so how can I tell the rest of the nation to be whenever three houses down on the block, they got all kinds of fucked up shit going on, and I'm mm-hmm. not doing anything about it. I'm right here. So do I really have something that I can really say? Or do I have, like we talked about earlier, the social media mentality, where you can say what you want, how you want, whoever you want, because you ain't been punched in the fucking mouth yet. And, you know, it, and that's a hard discussion to have with somebody who hasn't been punched in the mouth. You and I have been punched in the mouth. <laughs> too many so times. we can have that discussion. Yeah, too many times. You know, too many goddamn times. That's why I have this crooked nose and this fucking red spot right here. I'm not super cool to be on camera, but I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, there's just... It, it has to start somewhere, and the national politic narrative isn't the place to start. Right. Because, like I said before, the president is not going to do anything that actually affects you or me. Joe Sixpack is not affected by anything that the Donald says, isn't affected by anything that Obama did on a huge motherfucking scale. Right. Like, unless you're making $10 million, you're employing 1,000 people. Or have international trade going on. Um, so, you know, I mean, look at look at your local situation before you blow up on everybody else on the national scene. Because mm-hmm. that's just so divisive. Now, our president doesn't do a good job of leading people calmly through a divisive situation. That's the only problem I have right now is if you could take Donald and give him the ability to publicly speak in a calming way that Obama had the ability to do. Yeah, it but almost be fucking perfect. It, it almost be it, perfect, it almost but would. it would almost be perfect. But one of the major 
that 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 Donald was elected again was because he's the he's the father that we need. He will be blunt. He, he he's you and me. He's you and me in the fact that I don't care about your feelings. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Now that works at detriment right. to him absolutely. But, you know, there are bad bucks of that that's a detriment and to him. Right now it is worked to a detriment. If the pandemic if this pandemic had not been going on the way that it is, and then the civil uh, uh, upheaval that started in Minneapolis had not happened all simultaneously. <laughs> uh, Almost like it was just, planned. He's just wrong voice for that situation. You know, unfortunately, everything else is okay. He's not a politician. He's not from the swamp. Uh, you know, all of that shit works mm-hmm. in his favor. But whenever it comes to the public dialogue, in a, in a circumstance like we're in right now, it's just, unfortunately, that, that could very well be his un, undoing. And, you know, uh, economically, we were headed down the right road. And it's all being undone right now. So everything he says is put on highlight. And then it becomes divisive because then he feels the need to defend himself. Mm-hmm. And he goes on the attack like you and I do. Automatically, you know, I'm confrontational. You know, fuck you. And he, he's the same fucking way. And at the beginning, four years ago, that's what appealed to guys like you. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, without the proper running mate, like, do I have to be a complete idiot and pull the Biden tag because of how divisive he's made the country? Like, do I want the country to go to civil war? Okay, then pull the Trump tag. Do I want the country to feel better about themselves? Then pull the Biden tag. But the guy, he released a press statement the other day, and it was a bowl of alphabets. That's how he fucking communicates, okay? Mm-hmm. So without his running mate being the right person, then you're just being a blind moron pulling that tag, hoping for the best. Right. It's like that joke that Eddie Murphy had back in the 80s about white people voting for Jesse Jackson. Oh, God, I just voted for Jesse Jackson. We could deal with the same the same kind of outcome this, this uh, November because people are like, I can't take the divisiveness anymore. And that's the lack of strength. That's that's you're hitting the nail right on the head. If Donald Trump loses the election to, to Joe Biden, it isn't because Joe's the better candidate. It will not be because Joe's the better candidate. It will not even be because of the, 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 the Trump derangement syndrome is in this country right now. It's not even going to be about that. It's going to be because people are sick and tired of hearing the argument. Those people. I voted for Trump because yep. I didn't want Hillary Clinton office, not because I was a Trump supporter. Trump supporter now because I'm tired it's of hearing your guys' of- shit. Yep. But was Trump wasn't my guy. And that's what Biden is going to look at. Trump that's, wasn't. That's, that's where the Biden votes come from. That, that's something a lot of people never seem to get in their minds. Trump wasn't my guy. When the 2016 elections right. first started out, my guy was Ted Cruz, which, by the way, if you pay attention to Ted Cruz's career in the past four years, he's proving why he was my choice. <laughs> Everything he's yep. trying to do in Senate. He's- I feel the same way currently about I feel the same way currently about Tulsi Gabbard. And I think that if uh, Biden w- was to choose her, which he won't because everybody at Capitol Hill is really afraid of her, because she won't be bought. She served. Mm-hmm. She holds a lot of conservative values. But the conservative party, because she's a woman mm-hmm. of color, won't support her either. So she's she's kind of in a in a you know. Kind I don't of think that's. Spot, I don't. Uh, I don't think that's correct. So 
I don't think that's correct because the the conservative party does have voices of, of color and female within it. The problem is is that maybe the conservative not party maybe not at the presidential level. Maybe that's what the conservative party needs to do is if Trump loses and Biden gets in for example, maybe the next person that needs to be put up on the uh, on the limelight is a person of color. Doesn't matter if it's male or female. That's the reason Black, I was all Hispanic. for Tulsi. It's like, man, look at this fucking bingo card right here. You got a woman of color with some liberal views. She saved, even though Hawaii is a small state, she saved it agriculturally. She's done all this other shit, a lot of very progressive stuff. So she clicks that box. Right. And then on the other side, she's also still small government and she served two fucking tours, mind you, not just one. And she saw action. Mm-hmm. Okay? And she's fucking hot. So, <laughs> it I does mean, help. A lot of fucking boxes checked right there. I mean, told, I, I don't know. And, and, and kind of the same way you're saying about Cruz. I think if everybody looks at her projection over the next four years, once you get the Clinton faction out and things like that, because they're dying off, not because they're being voted out, they're just fucking dying off. They're all getting old. That's whenever <laughs> or, she's going to be able to come to the or, forefront. Or Hillary's know? finding out what, she, what they've got on her. <laughs> let's be real yeah and that's the epstein files you know i mean it's fucking jesus christ that is such a crazy thing and how uh i mean they must have her completely under lock and key that we have have not heard news that she suicided herself because she's been in custody now for almost four weeks yeah uh which epstein was in custody for almost four whenever he suicided himself too he was in for a cup of coffee. He was in for a cup of yeah. coffee. I, I still don't understand well, how. He'd been detained and then got moved around, and his last stop is where it happened at. So that's why everybody thinks. While under suicide watch. That was just a black cop, yeah. While under suicide watch, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, like a real fucked up thing. You can't tell me there isn't something going on there. See, and I think everybody in America is to the point now where they just take it as with a grain of salt that, okay, someone had Epstein killed, okay, move on. Just like I was saying last week with the UFO information coming out from the Pentagon, everyone's like, okay, UFOs are real, move on. It's like, yeah, that just like stop for a second and like think about what just got said. <laughs> yeah, Star, Star Trek lied to us, man. The, 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 yeah. the proof the proof of uh, out in the universe is supposed to unify us. Instead, we ignore because the view said something nasty or CNN reported something false. Donald Trump said something insensitive. It, 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 it's, it's the exact opposite of what Gene Roddenberry yeah, envisioned people. Right? Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what Gene Roddenberry... Uh, but you know what? Epstein, Epstein's suicide is one of the few times in this world that I really didn't know how to feel. I really didn't know how to feel. Because, yeah, I wanted him to fucking open that pandora's box and let every name out i wanted every single one of them but at the same time and this is about the only time i'll actually compliment a clinton it's one less pedophile it's one pet one less pedophile enabler and you you're definitely correct on that but at the same time the juice that he could have spilt on all of the other pedophiles who are making I know. rights and laws and bills I think that that has much more weight to it than the person who enabled it. 
but the problem is the problem is is that we're too light we're too light on it that again i told you we would swing back around that comes the uh to, to what i was watching while setting this up with uh amazing lucas he reported um and i i i invite you guys to go to his channel the uh the lucas and go check out his statement about a uh, a pedophile in canada and i don't have all the details here to give you everything exactly but the guy was the boyfriend of a, a, a of a of a woman who had a son and this guy not only was doing terrible things to this child the mother knew about it and enabled it guy was taking pictures of him abusing the child and everything and wanted to try to get the mother to agree to allow other men to do this to this child as well the only way this guy got caught biological father of the kid wound up intercepting one of the text messages between the two that's what happened daddy came home basically kind of deal daddy came home Mm -hmm. kind of deal he tried to do it the right way he got the guy called the cops guy got arrested went to went to court the judge decided because he suffers from PTSD to throw it out. There was no crime because he has a mental disorder. This is real? This, this is, is real. real. This is up in Canada, yeah. And this is quoting the judge. Well, our brothers to the nut our brothers to the north have always been accused of being too nice. And, you know, I don't know if you know, the enabler needs to be punished as much as the person who committed it mm-hmm. especially in that fucking situation the mother herself mm-hmm. and you're, you're you're oh man that's such like a some fucked up bdsm story that has gone horribly fucking wrong i don't normally and, uh, do this i don't normally do this but for people people listening and people watching on the youtube channel i will put the link to the the uh the thing lucas uh 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 that I got this from that that that's off. I will put that in the description so you can go check that out for yourself and see see what he presents because he does present uh, some of the, some of the things from the case that like I said I don't have in front of me to be able to give you exact quotes. Uh, so definitely check that out after you're done with this episode. It will be in the link in the description below. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Chris. So the judge, the judge based on his p. Okay, so. So was this guy an American first and then moved to Canada? I, it, he didn't say. All he said is that he suffers from PTSD. He, uh, the, the only consequence that the guy has received, he is out free, but he is a reg- he has been registered as a sex offender. That's the worst is that he was just registered okay, as so a sex PTSD, offender. So PTSD is a fallout from family circumstances like a woman who's been domestically battered right PTSD right a child who was physically or sexually abused could have PTSD or a person who was in war can have PTSD mm-hmm. name a war Canada has been in where this fucker should be labeled as PTSD because PTSD labels only come from the government for people who served and fought in war the description of a woman who has domestic violence and PTSD I know this only because my wife's previous marriage was very abusive. Right. So, um, but that is not upheld in court. A PTSD diagnosis does not come from any motherfucking doctor whenever a woman has been abused or a kid has been abused. You're just a survivor. Mm -hmm. PTSD as a label 
is only given to soldiers. So what war has Canada been in where this motherfucker could have PTSD? Well, I mean, I know that Canada was involved with Operation Horn back in the 90s. Um, I guess you could kind of argue the point that maybe maybe not maybe not on the front lines, but it's still part of the Allied movement, I, I would say, at least. For I'm not sure. Ask a Canadian more than me. But I, I'm part of the, the joint NATO operation, so I guess it's feasible. If this guy even but, served. Wow. What a, so, uh, what authority or what... So judges in Canada, they're elected politically. Mm-hmm. Like from prime minister on down, anybody who votes an official office, they get elected. It's not like judges here where some of them get appointed. Some of them get elected, depending on you know, whether it's circuit court or superior. Right. Like here, they get elected and... and and put on task, right? But in, in Canada, I think, like, everybody who has, like, that kind of position has been elected. Right. If I'm not mistaken, I almost, man, I wish I could reach out to Venus real quick and find out how it works in, in Alberta. But, um, like, that is so fucked up that a guy can be sitting on the bench holding that as a political, that's a political view mm-hmm. to pass a, a ruling like that. Mm-hmm. That is really, really now fucking weird, bro. I, I understand. I, I, I want I want you people to understand. I I understand this is Canada, not the United States. I understand that, but you don't think you don't think one second that the movement to normalize pedophilia ain't heading in that dire- uh, that direction. What I just described right now, down here in the states, well, you're wrong. So that that's been going on for twenty plus years. That's the reason that there are apps. So that way you can locate where your local pedophile is. Not so that way you can protect yourself. Just so that way the court can say it's doing its job and notifying the public. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a move to normalization with that to begin with. Um, this is a connecting the dots from you know the past thirty years of you know we give everybody participation trophy. Mm-hmm. Letting everybody know where the pedophiles are, but you can't put your hands on them, or you will get criminal charges, mm-hmm. is a way of normalizing. Um, wow, that's just uh, that's, that's it's mind blowing, isn't it? Like I, when I when I first stated I wanted to do to for the mother to be to, uh, participating is what is completely crashing me. To be honest with you. Well, again, you know uh, when when I first when I first said I wanted to do this episode. And and I didn't tell you I wanted to do it to be on the, the the pedophilia. The only reason I wanted to talk about it was because of the the, the Facebook feed and and how I was having that argument with that doctor. That was the main cusp of when I was starting and setting this up. As I was starting it up and setting it up, I couldn't get anybody else to want to be uh, want to be on the show tonight. I had YouTube playing. Lucas uh, uh, clip came on, and my mind was completely blown. <laughs> my mind was just completely shot like wait yeah, i gotta play that right. again you know <laughs> but you know the the way my show is geared is that, that you know my show is not the the platform that i would ever discuss this on but having the opportunity to hear about it and discuss it here with you is a whenever you deal with judges who have released a convicted pedophile whenever you deal with judges who let a pedophile go because 
some of the information or facts ended up being circumstantial. He said, she said stuff. Right. Even though there's physical evidence involved. Whenever you look at all of the judges across the landscape of America, all, all of the lower 48, at least. Right. Because you'll never hear about anything like this in fucking Alaska, I promise you. That motherfucker would be buried in the snow and never heard something. <laughs> exactly. How do you think and, they feed the crabs so on Deadly's Catch? Lower 48, the fact that this story, this kind of story, is being heard of more and more is something that anybody who is a parent or aspires to be a parent like that's that's the foundational floor like if we're going to protect our kids and we're going to evoke change that's the looking in your backyard part that you touched on before mm-hmm. and if there's a judge in your fucking circuit where you live at that has allowed a pedophile to go who was dead to rights and they allowed it to go for this little bullshit reason I haven't heard of anybody being diagnosed with PTSD in America being let go for that as the cause. But I have heard of people being let go because of emotional or mental trauma, which is almost kind of the same thing. Essentially, yeah. Is um, those any of those judges, who appointed them was elected. And if they were elected, needs to be voted out. And that's the local politics game that I was talking about before. Uh-huh. You have to look at that stuff across the board. Who's sitting on the bench? Who was voted? Who was appointed? And are they letting this shit slide that you don't agree with? And you didn't go vote on it? Then shame on you. If there... this is like a wake-up call, kind of, for a lot of people who are non-voters. Because at the end of the day, other than, like, the city councilmen and stuff, I, I'm, I'm fortunately not given the right to have a dog in the fight. I can right. have a view, but I don't have a voice. Right. So for anybody who does, and and you're living in a district where you have an elected official who's allowed these things to pass, you need to look yourself in the mirror, bro. That's exactly right. And again, and again, you know, we were talking about it. We were talking about it before, like things being on a on a national level or a grand scale of things where people are arguing about the government and this, that, and the other. But when you really, really think about it, when it comes down to the essentials of the United States of America and the ideas of like the First and Second Amendments, they weren't meant for nationality, although nationality is what they are. They were meant for municipality. They weren't a nationalist. Yeah, they were not a nationalist. um, What's the right word? They were a nationalist platform is not what they were written for. Right. They were were written for the 13 colonies. Now, when you think about it from that standpoint, understand what i'm about to ask here now again i'm not speaking on the national level i'm speaking on each and every individual municipality, each and every uh county state city individually when your government when your government fails and make no mistake even a judge is part of the government when your government fails what do you do and is there ever a time to ask or that question? Sheriff. And is there ever more of a time to ask that question and figure out what is the proper response when your government fails than when it's your child? It's God's honest truth. Yeah, because if it is in your own house, because if it, if, it, if it affects you in your own house, you're going to have a much different, a much more visceral reaction to what that is. But on a national scale, we can, like, kind of fade it and kind of smooth it down and really widen the breadth of, of the entire 
conversation. But if it happens in your house, you'll have a much different fucking reaction. I promise you that. Mm-hmm. As someone who's to do that. And we've discussed this before, and I'm not going to bring it up. No, no, no. But, I don't want to go there again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was an after-hour show that shouldn't have been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, that's a really fucked up thing, man. Really fucked up. And that, and, you know, like you're talking about, whenever you look at it in those broad strokes, is it being normalized? You, you'd hate to even really think that or give it credence, but there is some, there is some point to that. And, you know, I, man, that's a, that's a really fucked up deal. It's a, it's a, it's a hard thing to say, but like I said, the script, the, the, the link will be in the description below for you guys to check out the video that I'm talking about. Um, and while, while we're at it, guys, I want to know your guys' opinion on these sh- on this. And again, I know that I'm probably shooting myself in the foot. Like Chris, like Chris said here earlier, his show doesn't do things like this. And Realm of the Mist Entertainment normally doesn't do things like this either. We are primarily entertainment. I probably just, you know, torpedoed my own career in podcasting with this episode, but it really needed to be discussed. And it's just something this was designed. This show was specific, specifically designed for me to get things off my chest that bother me. And there's nothing on this planet that bothers me more than pedophilia. Nothing on this, because I am a father, because I'm a father of people of children who have been harmed by pedophiles. No worse evil on this planet to me. To me. Now, you don't have to agree with that. You could think Hitler's worse than a pedophile. I don't. That's how much I hate pedophiles. Because I agree that Hitler is the most evilest person in human history. But well, unless to you me, lived in the time of Genghis Khan, you know, I mean, he did kill off the 10% of the planet. But true, Fair enough. But to, to get to give the to give a grand scale of how much I hate pedophiles, I would sooner forgive Adolf Hitler than a pedophile's first offense. Okay, yeah, I don't know about I don't know if forgiveness needs to be in the conversation at all with any of the above. The and reason I the state problem, that like, the, the reason I state well, that is because we the well, the reason I state that is because of the fact that there's no way, shape, or form. That we would forgive Adolf Hitler his 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 crimes against. There's no way. There's no way. Nor should there be. But I'd sooner find a way to forgive Adolf Hitler before a pedophile. Tells you how unforgivable hurting a child is. The fact of the matter is, they all should be dead in a bunker. <laughs> But the, but whether the, it's an Argentina or whatever, yeah. right? This is this is not an excuse for anything for Nazis or supremacy or anything like that. It is simply the statement of that I put Adolf Hitler's Third Reich evil alongside a pedophile harming a child. That is how evil a pedophile pedophile is. To there you me. Go. That's that's a good statement. They're on the same level. Okay. They're on the yeah. same level. Same level. Yeah, same level of evil. That's uh. Whenever you're dealing with that kind of person, you're dealing with someone who nature has gone horribly wrong with. I think that's something that we can all agree on. And, and whatever you whatever you put the weight on, whether it's nature itself or the person's predisposition or the fact that the devil got into them or whatever. Whatever, right. There's 
they're they're just as equally evil and just as equally bad. And uh, uh, you know, the fact that anybody is anybody is able to slip through the cracks on something like that and get released or not convicted or whatever. If there's any, this is this is one of those one of those subjects where I don't believe that there's anything more relevant <coughs> other than just circumstantial evidence. If there's any physical evidence whatsoever that holds up the, the accusation, then put the motherfucker down. Well, see, again, and, you know, again, and it, it kind of leads back to the national stand uh, with, with, with the arguments that, uh, that a lot of people are going after today for uh, defunding the police and defunding uh, and abolishing police. And why I stand against it, besides the fact that I believe in our police department, I don't believe in the evil less than 1% of the police department, but the overall percentage of the police are good. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as ICE, again, going from my own personal... Uh, what's what's the lack of better ter- What's the lack of better term here? What's the term I'm looking for it's here? Personal view. Yeah. Not personal view, personal experience. Personal experience okay. with, within this dark realm... It was ICE and Homeland Security that busted the guy that harmed my children. Okay. Because they were doing internet stings for child pornography and pedophilia. You want to abolish the you want to abolish the arms of the law that caught the guys who harmed my children? Fuck you. (laughs) Right. You know, and that doesn't mean that there doesn't need to be some refining of the process or maybe perfecting of the process or whatever the case is. Some people probably do get unduly punished and whatnot in situations where they're able to cast this huge net over communities and and pull them in. But whenever you're dealing with somebody who's been singularly identified as a predator. Right. And that that branch of law enforcement was able to step in and catch him red-handed. So now you're seeing, you know, the real value of what they do mm-hmm. on a personal level. You know, then if they're able to put forth those good stories as opposed to the, oh, my bro- boyfriend was wrongly accused of being an illegal Mexican or whatever, you know. Right. Then, you know, it, it, there's good and bad with every branch of law enforcement. I've had my run-ins with them all because of my fault because I'm a fucking knucklehead. Right. Uh, At least you could admit yeah. that. Like even yeah. if they even if they were yeah. wrong, you there's an easy way to avoid them. Even if even if even if we're in the yeah, wrong, there's an easy way on. easy way to don't do anything to draw their attention. <laughs> yeah, don't be fucking up. Don't be doing that dumb shit. You know, don't mm-hmm. be a knucklehead. And, and everybody goes to those periods of life where they're dumbasses and they do dumb shit. But somebody who's fundamentally flawed enough to do that. That's uh, that's just a that's kind of like the fabric of the cloth that you are woven with, you mm-hmm. know. And that's what you are. And uh, those people from the first one to the last one need to be put down, so we can eradicate them from. The, they can't be allowed to perpetrate what they are. They can't be allowed to um, perpetrate wasn't the right word, but they can't can't be allowed to continue that kind of legacy, you know. And um, now, just really fucked up. Now, really now, fucked up. now, see, when I when I say that I, every pedophile is castrated and hung, I truly believe that, but that is a personal opinion. The right consensus to say for a pedophile, a convicted pedophile, 
because I know I know the bleeding hearts. No, you can't do you can't do that. They're still human beings. Fine. Here's my compromise. They never again see the light of day. I don't care if you put them in an insane asylum. I don't care if you put them in a maximum security prison. Whatever you prefer. But once they are found guilty of it, if you're not going to kill them, you need to remove them permanently from society. Period. You they can what? never be a harm to a child again. If you want to see the good or bad of the society, take everybody who's a pedophile or a sexual predator or whatever and just let them loose in the yard for one hour. Do it once a day, every week of the year, and see how many of them are left. And that will tell you everything you need to know about society, that the most hardened, convicted fucking criminals take it upon themselves to wipe out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know because we all live down upon those people who are behind behind bars for good reason but if you want to find out how society should really react to it let them loose it loose in the yard and record it and then show everybody this is what happens whenever you're a convicted pedophile shit like that will will not be as widespread or normalized very quickly if you were to do that i assure you no no I, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, as much as I would want them removed from society completely, in other words, you know, uh, to, to quote the amazing Luke, Lucas here, lights out, you know, lights out, I would agree with that statement 120,000% because that is what I believe. However, I know society doesn't follow my train of thought in the fact that you kill evil, you remove it from the equation. Yeah. So, my compromise is... You remove them from society and from children ever again. You don't reincorporate them back into society. I don't care how much you think you might be able to rehabilitate somebody. You can't. You can't. You do not put them that in. That reminds me of that, that conversation that Christoph Waltz had in Inglorious Bastards. All right. And he said, what would you do if a squirrel came into your living room? You would shoo it out of the house and, and everything. And why? Because the squirrel's cute because it has a big fluffy tail. Now, reverse that, and let's say that a rat comes into your living room. Rats and squirrels are both rodents. The difference is one has a fluffy tail, the other one doesn't. What would you do if a rat came into your living room? Would you not kill it? Yeah. They're humans, too. I get that for the bleeding hearts. But one is bad and one is not. One, you shoo away and make them leave, whatever the case is. The other one, you just fuck it out right get rid of. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, anybody who would have any grounds whatsoever to, 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 like, defend anybody for their humanity when they present that lack thereof, I don't want to say fuck you too, but at the same time, fuck you too, to be honest. And I, I don't think we could say any more than that, guys. Thank you for joining us. I probably pissed a lot of you off. <laughs> If I did, I, I don't apologize, but I'd love to hear your side of the argument. Make sure you leave a comment down below. Uh, hit that like button if you like this video. Share, subscribe, check out the normal podcast of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And, of course, for a chance here, we're also going to turn around and give the, uh, give the floor to Mr. Rudder so you can find out what he normally does when he's not here ranting with me. <laughs> yeah, man, season two of What's Your and Binge kicks off this week. We've got a new Quentin Tarantino special that is actually coming out. And uh, we uh, uh, have a few new links that are coming out with some appetizers and sponsors that are starting for season two. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, 
LinkedIn, uh, soon to come uh, Spotify video. Also, everywhere else where good podcasts are able to be found on Apple and, and et cetera. So, what's your effing binge? Check it out. All right, guys. And, of course, you know, uh, besides besides right here on YouTube, uh, also on Anchor, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, wherever quality podcasts can be heard, make sure you check out Realm of Miss Entertainment. This Thursday, I will be sitting down doing another Bring in the Fourth Wall interview. And sometime this week, I promise you, sometime this week, the relaunch of Realm of the Mist podcast. I'm just putting together the panel and putting together the topic, but it is coming. So, guys, thank you for joining us. Uh, catch you soon. I hope the world figures out what it needs to do. Hey, guys, it's Chris from Realm of the Mist Entertainment. If you enjoyed this video, please hit that thumbs up button. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great podcasts that can be found on Realm of the Mist Entertainment's YouTube channel or our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, for all your tabletop needs. And if you prefer your podcasts in audio-only format, check out Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. To our Patreon supporters, we thank you very, very much. And if you're interested in being a Patreon supporter, please go over to patreon.com slash realm of the mist. And just a dollar a month gives you exclusive content and helps our channel out greatly. Guys, again, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you on the next episode.